Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to NJSBA's podcast program, Conversations on New Jersey Education, uh, a program designed to bring the education issues to you, the, those of you in the education community. Um, before I get into uh, our topic and set the topic and also tell you how to participate if you want to ask a question of our members, I do want to uh, start off by saying uh, I think we're in a – this is going to be the first in a series of podcasts trying to deal with the COVID-19 out, outbreak. Um, I think we're in uncharted and territory and unprecedented times. Uh, through my job, though, however, I've been able to see educators from Cape May to Sussex, teachers, superintendents, and board members – and though um, you know we were, were in a state of shock, uh, and we had very little time to deal with this pandemic outbreak, uh, the one thing that didn't shock me was that our school districts were able to make the adjustment and do what's best for kids. Um, and as we move along this, and none of us are trained in how to deal with the pandemic uh, and school closures of this magnitude, whether you're a teacher, a, a school board member, or even a a superintendent. So I think it's going to be difficult, but if you have a topic that you think you want NJSBA to address, uh, please email me or you can put it in the chat room. Uh, we, we're here to try to serve you and help you get through this uh, difficult time period. So my email address is rpinnei at njsba.org. Uh, so, and I hope you are all well and safe at this point. Uh, today's podcast will be uh, one of the difficult things is we have, even though we're in a state of social distancing where we can't be in groups together, uh, we still have board business that we have to take care of uh, under the law. So we have to hold board meetings. Uh, so with me today is uh, two members of NJSBA's uh, legal department. First, I have Carl Tanksley. Carl is the director of NJSBA's legal and labor relations department. Welcome, Carl. Good morning, Ray. Hope everything is well where you are. Okay. And with all yes, our listeners and, as well. And uh, also with our legal department, our counsel, he's also in our governmental relations department, is John Burns. Welcome, John. Thank you so much, Ray. Uh, and for those, if you want to ask a question, you can just type it into the chat room. You have to log in with Blog Talk Radio to do that. Uh, but uh, you just have to type it in, and then, then we'll pass it on to John and Carl. If you are calling, uh, if you want to call in a question, you dial 1-347-989-8904, and you have to press 1, and that will let Mike, who's manning our switchboard, know what your question is. Uh, so it's dial 1-347-989-8904 and press 1, and then Mike will uh, get your name and the topic that you want to address. Um, We've dealt with the question of remote meetings before, and it is possible to have people participate remotely. Uh, but one of the criteria um, is that you still have to abide by uh, the Open Public Meetings Act or the Sunshine Law. So what are the tenants, the main things that you have to remember that as you move into trying to have these remote meetings? Uh, Carl, do you want to start off on that one? Sure. And Ray, first, the first thing I'd like to say is that uh, – uh, I really want to give, uh, I guess, thanks to all of the, or I guess props to all of the administrators and board members out there who are able to move on this so quickly. Uh, Ray, you touched on it in your opening statements about uh, the transition from classroom learning to being online. 
Um, and it took just you know a week and a half, two weeks for boards to move in that direction. So that was incredibly quick to make that transition. So kudos to all of those out there who were able to make that transition and adjust to this uh, to this virus. Uh, secondly, uh, in the state of, of of everything, there is a lot of of information that's been gathered and collected and things that boards need to know and address. And there's also a lot of misinformation. So what we at school boards have done is tried to gather and vet all of our sources and collect all the information so boards have the uh, most accurate and up-to-date information possible as they try to move for forward through this process. But uh, to answer the question, um, you asked about what boards should be doing with regard to complying with the Open Public Meetings Act when they're, uh, when they're going through this crisis here. And essentially, the board has to comply with the act um, when it's remote, the same way it would as if we were having in-person meetings. Um, if you are having a meeting remotely, number one, you have to provide proper notice uh, to all the members uh, of the public as you normally would. Typically, your 48-hour notice uh, for your regular meetings and, and your special meetings as well. Um, and if you're having them, if you're having that meeting, uh, you actually have to have a physical location for members of the public who do want to attend uh, to actually attend in a room. And in doing so, uh, you really should have the capability to uh, broadcast or amplify the members who are not present in the room so everybody can hear uh, the conversation, the, the discussion, the voting, and all the actions that take place at the board. Of course, all documentation has to be maintained as the board normally would. So to the extent that uh, you can comply with the act, you really have to uh, in conducting a remote meeting. John, do you want to add anything to that? Um, just to add that, uh, you know, when the Sunshine Law was first put into uh, effect over 40 years ago, obviously all these technologies um, uh, were not um, available at that time. And um, But the, um, the Sunshine Law itself um, talks about a meeting uh, being any gathering whether corporeal or rather in person, or by means of communications equipment, and mm -hmm. um, because of that language, um, that's the that's the language in the act that allows us to even contemplate um, uh, remote participation in a meeting. And it's from that then that we've been able to say that um, uh, we can then participate virtually. So, and I guess we should also add that the Department of Community Affairs did put out a publication uh, giving you the guidelines a little bit that we shared with members on our website. Um, uh, that, that's true. And also, also the Department of Education also um, updated their uh, FAQ on the on COVID nineteen to include um, uh, the uh, the very same guidance from from the DCA. All right. Do you uh, now? Let's get into some of the details because we know the general tenant that they have to allow the public to observe and participate. But sometimes when you use technology, especially when a lot of the boards have not are not used to using this technology, uh, at least for this. Um, so uh, if a board has a meeting and most of the members are remote, maybe there's one or two in the in the building, uh, along with the superintendent and the business administrator. Um, can they, uh, ha you know, um, 
can they have uh, members of the public uh, during the public portion speak remotely as well? And if they do, are allowed to do that, do they have to tell people how to do that? Uh, John, why don't you go ahead and go first on this one? Certainly. Um, again, uh, going back to what Carl said earlier, um, and, and, and Ray reiterated the fact that just because we're doing things in a virtual fashion does not uh, mean then that we can uh, forego uh, the basic tenets of the Sunshine Law. And so um, because all school boards are required under the law to have a public comment portion, all of our all of our boards that want to do virtual meetings are going to have to figure out a way to um, allow that participation, um, and and that can certainly provide uh, perhaps some technical challenges, but um, at the same time it's still something that uh, we need to make sure that we do. And so whether it's by uh, advertising a a call-in number um, or somehow having uh, some sort of means by which a the public um, uh, receives notice of the meeting b uh, that they have some sort of way of participating in the public comment portion of the meeting and of course most importantly that um, uh, even before the public comment portion that they have an opportunity to be able to um, uh, listen or observe uh, the meeting and just to add on to that, uh, when the board does advertise at the public meeting, it really would be a, a good practice to have instructions on how to log on uh, to the public portion of the meeting or to the meeting uh, if, you're having, if you're using technology. Also, what the board would want to do is make sure, or at least have administration make sure, that the I guess, capacity is there for the audience that you're going to be receiving. Uh, be it 10 people, be it 100 people, whatever. Uh, you want to make sure that IT understands the need for I guess, enough bandwidth and all the other technical aspects of having a public participation meeting so that those who want to participate remotely uh, can log in and ask their questions or participate in whichever way the board is allowing. Now, can they well, have well, – well, let me just follow. I've got no, a question that's in the chat room. The, um, the Department of Education specifically says that boards of education should provide guidance to the public for remotely accessing and providing comment at the meeting. Boards of education okay. should still have an advertised meeting place, which is connected to the meeting through communications equipment, unless such time as uh, uh, the governor um, uh, says that there should be no physical meeting place. Um, they okay. also remind districts that um, boards of education are reminded uh, to provide a means of public comment, even if the meeting is held remotely. Now, when I asked the question, I said there's say there's a seven-member board and one or two are in, at, at a central location. Can you have a board meeting where all the board members uh, are uh, just uh, uh, from uh, remote locations? You know, we've we've posed that question a couple times over the years as to whether. Um, the board has to physically be present in the building or a quorum has to be present in the building in order to convene a, a meeting where people are participating remotely. There are a number of state agencies where um, they do participate completely remotely. 
Um, and even though the law doesn't specify that you have to have a quorum, uh, even though we think that's the best practice, if you can make that happen, in times like this, I believe that uh, if the board doesn't have a quorum physically present in the building, that it would still be a viable meeting and would not violate the act. Yeah, because of the uh, special uh, situations we're in. John, you want right, to add something? And one of the, well, I was just going to add that um, on Monday, the uh, General Assembly heard a bill in committee and then voted it out um, off the floor, a bill that would specifically authorize um, remote meetings of public bodies um, uh, due to uh, due to COVID-19 and other emergencies. Um, okay. And so we expect uh, that um, that bill will make its way through the Senate and then eventually be signed by the governor. Um, do they have to have a central location at all, a hub like uh, where maybe just a superintendent and the business administrator are, uh, or can uh, so that the public can even go if they want to physically go? Do they have to have a physical lo central location? Well, according to the guidance uh, um, uh, put out by both the Department of Community Affairs and the Department of Education, um, the um, they are saying that the, um, the Board of Education should still have an advertised meeting place, which is connected to the meeting through communications equipment. Um, they say that board should still have a physical meeting place until such time or unless um, the governor says says otherwise. All right. So as of now, but if that the board change. is going to have right as of now, but one um, one caution that boards may want to take under consideration is that if they're having a a physical location or when they have their physical location advertised and have people show up, they may want to contact the local board of health as to what the uh, parameters should be or guidelines should be with regard to having a certain number of people in the same room if they have a central room where everyone is gathering. Uh, things like keeping people as far apart as possible, six feet, 10 feet, whatever. You want to have that conversation with the local board of health to make sure that uh, you're following their guidance. Right. Yes, most of the boards uh, I know that for, have for had those... that. Go ahead, John. No, I was just gonna say, um, you know, for those, uh, uh, members uh, who have uh, followed the COVID-19 uh, crisis closely, um, when the governor first issued um, uh, his emergency orders on this, originally it was uh, gatherings of no more than 250 people. Um, and I believe that the most recent um, executive order that he issued now says uh, gatherings of no more than 50 people. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, c certainly, um, if uh, I, I think the uh, intent of of the guidance is that um, if there are people who, um, uh, for whatever reason, uh, can't participate uh, via uh, phone or other technology, that at least there is a, is a physical place that they can go um, uh, to to hear what's happening. Not necessarily that the um, that the state is necessarily encouraging um, people to uh, to do that. Okay, um, and if you do have a physical location, and I I don't think this is going to happen during this time period. So, but if you have 
more than 50 people show up to your board meeting, maybe the whole board is still meeting in person, can you put parameters in there to say, look, we're only going to have 10 people in the, or whatever in this facility because it's a big room. We're only going to have 20 people in the room at a time. Can you do something like that? Because you, well, you can't by a statute go over 50 um, people. Well, again, this is where I go back to uh, um, Carl's uh, wise advice to uh, consult with your health officer um, uh, with regard to that. The, the only thing I can, I can say, at least from experience, is um, when the um, assembly was, ha- was having their um, committee meetings and voting session, um, they specifically um, said that they were limiting the number of people that could be in the state house um, to uh, only 100 participants. Um, uh, and then um, on Thursday, the Senate had a session, and they said that they were not going to have any outside people. Only authorized staff was going to be allowed to be physically present in the building. So, um, you know, what I would do is, is exactly what Carl said, is make sure you consult with uh, your public health officer um, with regard to that, so that um, uh, if uh, if you feel the need to um, in any way deny people access, um, uh, that a board has consulted uh, with the with the local health officer, and I would say also with um, their board attorney, because essentially what we're coming up with is the the requirements of the Sunshine Law uh, that talk about public comment and 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 public observation in the meeting versus uh where we are right now uh in the health crisis and obviously um the the health crisis um uh probably takes precedence in in many instances but again you should be talking with your board attorney and yep. the local health officer so I would agree uh, and I'd also add in there questions. Okay but just right. one quick point I'd also add in uh, when you're talking about limiting the number of people who can attend the physical location of the meeting, is it would not be a bad idea to talk to the county superintendent in advance about that idea uh, to get guidance from the county office as well. All right, I have a couple of questions in the in the chat room, but uh, can you uh, maybe the health officer, the uh, your municipal health officer, or maybe the board is only allowing virtual public participation? Uh, because of, for that reason, do you think they, if they're going to do that, they should check with the health officer and maybe the county superintendent. So they feel that's safer. I definitely would have them uh, check with both of those offices um, okay. because, these, as as we all know, this virus is, developments are happening, you know, almost hourly. So things are changing at such a rapid pace that I would want to ensure, make sure that we consult as much as possible. Limit, now uh, I have limit an, access, as John said. I have another question in there. There's actually a bunch of questions. Um, uh, one person wanted to know uh, from Cumberland County, can they just uh, permit the public only to be there at the board meeting during the public portion of the meeting, which I would think that doesn't – I'm not sure about that, but what do you think? I would say the public has the right to observe the meeting which is what the law requires. Uh, the guidance from DOE that John mentioned earlier doesn't indicate that you can only allow people in for the public participation portion of the meeting. So I would be hesitant to say that you could limit the meeting in that way. John, what do you uh, think? 
no, I, I, I agree with you. It, if if um, the board is going to allow the public into the meeting, then they then they allow, are allowed to um, see and observe everything that they would be able to observe, uh, even if we weren't uh, in in this COVID nineteen era. Okay. Um, what I have a couple other questions in there. Uh, someone else wanted to know. Um, if this becomes, and this is really not a board meeting, this might be a whole other podcast, uh, but what about if this continues on, what about uh, negotiations with the union? How do you handle you know, those type of meetings? Very good question. Um, and obviously, you know, we don't have the answer right now, but if you're having small gatherings, uh, again, according to the local local health guidance, local health department guidance, I would say that you could arrange for a small meeting, a small gathering, but it's probably safer, better to conduct a conference call with uh, with during negotiations with the union. Yeah, uh, that's a little harder to do uh, virtually, but I, I guess it would be one of the options. Um, one of the other questions um, someone had, and I think we touched on this, but we'll just do it again. Can the superintendent be the only one present at the physical location? Uh, or should an elected board member be present? Uh, John, you want to take this one? Well, I mean, uh, again, the the guidance says that that there needs to be a physical space uh, that is connected um, uh, to the meeting through the communications equipment. Um, so in one sense, do you need to have board members there? At least according to this guidance, no. Um, uh, but again, um, each board needs to determine what um, works best for them because, uh, as I said uh, earlier, uh, what we're really talking about here is uh, meeting the requirements of the Sunshine Law in the presence of this health crisis and um, what adjustments need to be made to that um, uh, without necessarily violating the basic tenets of, of the Sunshine Law itself. Uh, right. There was and an earlier question. I forum present, but we didn't uh, go into whether whether just having one person there would be sufficient. I mean, the, the purpose of having a quorum present is to make sure you're in compliance with the act. We're not sure if just having one person there would would satisfy that same intent. But you would have the other board members there virtually. Right. So I'm not sure what the distinction would be if you're only having one person physically there as opposed to a quorum there. And the guidance from DCA really didn't um, require that the board has a quorum physically present in the room to hold the meeting. What about you on that? I thought well, we said I, that. I mean, uh, well, well, I mean, keep in mind this. Um, uh, if you go back about 20 years, um, uh, the the issue first was, well, gee, can we have board members who can't be present participate via speakerphone? And um, at that time, uh, the the courts were um, uh, didn't really provide any clear guidance on the issue. And um, but yet uh, we were aware, as Carl had said earlier, that there are various state agencies that permitted that. And so as a, as a best practice, um, NJSBA 
um, said that, well, gee, uh, you can have uh, members participate remotely, but as a best practice, we think it's a good idea for um, a quorum of the board to be physically present. Um, and that's, that's, as a best practice, what NJSBA uh, ha has recommended for um, uh, the last number of years. Um, the issue now is, um, uh, obviously, because of the health crisis, uh, that um, best practice uh, may not necessarily be the best practice from the standpoint of uh, taking into consideration the various health concerns that we have. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and we are aware that there are um, state agencies out there that have boards that do um, uh, do remote participation without having a quorum physically present. And so uh, from that standpoint, then, it seems to me that um, uh, to have a quorum physically present is probably not the most practical um, uh, guidance uh, now in, in light of the health crisis. And, and so again, again, we go back to you need to be consulting with your board attorney. You need to be consulting um, with uh, your health officers um, uh, and with your county superintendent so that um, each board can really get um, uh, the best advice that it needs for how it um, needs to conduct its meetings because uh, certainly um, the whole issue of public participation um, may have a different flavor depending on what issues the board is discussing and of course also you know the the size of the district and the challenges that it's mm -hmm. facing yep okay and uh, on that point Rage, if i can just add one more point and and john touched on this is uh with all these changes once some of the dust clears from uh from this outbreak and from the crisis that we're currently in, the board may take an, an opportunity to gather what it's learned with regard to holding meetings remotely and look at policy and revise policy in, in accordance with what's going on now, uh, best practices, and the guidance they receive from all these agencies, the Department of Health, the county office, um, the commissioner, and uh, take a look at policy in conjunction with the board attorney and um, make sure that it fits the district's needs. All right, I have a Michelle on the line. Uh, I'll, let me just get Michelle up. Okay. Hi, Michelle. Yeah, thanks, Ray. Ray. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you. I just wanted to, to provide a, just a little bit more clarity as to what I was trying to ask when I was trying to type the question. So I have, we have quite a few board members that are, are technology, technologically challenged. So what we were trying to do is, trying to do a in-person and teleconference. But the teleconference piece will only be for the board members that do not want to come in person. I have quite a few of them. So as mm -hmm. it looks right now, it's just myself, the BA, and the superintendent who will conduct the in-person um, board meeting. And then the rest of the other eight members will most likely call in via a teleconference. My question was, would we be okay to only offer the public portion, the in-person, I'm sorry, the in-person portion of the meeting to the public and not for them a teleconference line because we're really not equipped yet 
to do anything remote. We're just trying to, you know, piece things together right now to make this work. So what would be okay so, Michelle, to when you say offer? That, when you say the in-person, the in-person portion of the meeting, I'm not quite following what you mean by that. So meaning that they will only be allowed to attend the meeting in person. They will not have the option to do it over the phone as the other you mean board the public. members. The public, oh, you mean yes. the public? Oh, I thought the you meant public. Okay. So the public will only be able to attend our meetings in person. We will not offer them an opportunity to call in on a teleconference line. That will only be offered to the board members who are not comfortable coming in person. And because well, we don't have the technology I'll, to I'll, handle I'll, that? I'll say, right. I'll say two things. We don't have the technology I'll, yet. Right. I'll, I'll say two things to that. Number okay. one, um, uh, by law at least, um, there's nothing – um, that says that you must do technology mm-hmm. um, for the public. But okay. uh, with that being said, um, uh, obviously uh, because we are in the midst of this health crisis, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to, uh, to not offer something, um, uh, you know, could be problematic because now you'll have members of the public who, um, obviously want to attend, but mm-hmm. uh, feel that it would be unsafe to do so. So what you really have is not really a, a, a legal issue, but you really have one of, um, for lack of a better word, a customer service issue. Right. Um, and um, I, I would encourage you to really, uh, you know, continue talking about that um, okay. uh, just to see um, uh, what to do, because I know that um, – you know, certainly, uh, we're all being encouraged to to limit our uh, our uh, traveling and so forth. Um, right. Even though there hasn't been necessarily been a directive to that um, effect, uh, certainly that seems to be um, uh, you know what what it is uh, that the state is asking of us. Um, okay. So I I would just you know uh, ask you to. Um, you know, talk with um, with your administration and with your board attorney um, to see whether or not there's anything uh, that can be done. And again, because really what we're talking about, you know, is a customer service issue, not right. necessarily a, a legal one. Gotcha. Okay. And I agree. Okay. And so I didn't get that so question. surprised at the, some of the in. solutions that IT can come up with. There are a number of viable options out there especially nowadays, that would allow you to cheaply and easily uh, provide for the, the type of participation we're talking about here. So I agree with John, and yes, talking with the administration and having them speak with IT to see what solutions are out there. Yeah, yeah, okay. we're yeah we're limited, but yeah, we're trying. Now, yeah. our, our attorney is okay with us taking that approach for now, mm-hmm. not, you know, yep. for long term, but just short term, but um. He, he told me to, you know, get an opinion also from school board, so that's why yep. I was asking you all right. as well. Okay. So, Thank you. All right. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. I have to move You're on. You're welcome. All right. Uh, there were several other questions I want to get to. One of them has to do with committee meetings. Can they be done virtually? Sure. There's never been any requirement that a committee meeting be available and open to the public. So what the district's current practice is now of having committee meetings either 
in person, which again, we don't encourage because of uh, all the ramifications, or telephonically, or by conference call, okay. by uh, video conference, yeah. by Be- whichever other means. Because keep in mind that um, committee meetings, assuming that they're less than a quorum of the board, um, are, are not subject to the requirements of the Sunshine Law. Okay, so they, they have a little bit, lot more flexibility on that. Let me just, before I yeah. go on, there's another question from Susan in Mercer County, but uh, what about closed session? I think that, or executive session, I think that's a little different um, scenario, Vir- doing that virtually. Yes, uh, DOE has actually addressed that in its guidance and said that, uh, of course, in going into closed session, you still have to comply with the uh, requirements of the Act. But there are only, only limited um, matters that you can discuss in executive session. But for, I guess, logistical purposes, if you want to go into executive session and have a private um, landline or a private line that board members will call into uh, to avoid, you know, or to, I guess, to maintain confidentiality, the DOE has said that that's okay. Right. So specifically what the DOE says is, if a board of education that is meeting remotely requires an executive or closed session, the board must use a mechanism that ensures the, com- ensures the confidentiality of closed session. To that end, after announcing the executive or closed session at the public portion of the meeting, consistent with the Sunshine Law, a board of education may consider using a separate non-public dial-in mechanism for the executive or closed portion of the meeting. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me uh, actually, uh, Susan from Mercer had a question I was going to get to, but I'm going to go ask her. Uh, hold on. It's Hello. Sue, how are you? Hi. Good. I'm fine. Great. Uh, we had a couple questions. I heard it heard earlier in the podcast about that we still need to um, supply physical space to let people listen to our meetings. Um I know that does say in the DLGS that um, it, as long as the meeting space is advertised. So can that be um, okay for a virtual meeting space? Here's our issue. Here is what some of the curfews that go into place. Our district is very large. Some of our buildings are closed. Um, some of our board members have compromised health or, and or family members. I would be very hesitant to open up our small meeting space that we do have for our public to come and possibly, you know, spread the contaminate or I, I just I'm uncomfortable with that part of um what we need to do as a board. We are completely set up virtual. Our board attorney has been phenomenal. We have all the numbers teleconference, anything we need for doing it virtually, I'm just a little uncomfortable when I hear that we have to set up a space for a public to come. As long as we advertise it with the numbers and still have the open comment session, is that sufficient? If not, then John? what part of the law should we be looking at for that physical space? John, that, law, well, that again, provision was it's before a lot of this occurred too, correct? Well, well, keep in mind the 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 guidance specifically says boards of education should still have an advertised meeting place 
which is connected to the meeting through communications equipment unless otherwise directed by state or local emergency management or health official. So um, if, uh, in your case, uh, um, the board does not feel comfortable with uh, having a physical meeting space because it may encourage people to come, uh, I, would, I would say talk to your health official and, and talk with your board attorney um, and, and come up w with the resolution um, uh, that meets the needs of, of the Sunshine Law and meets the needs of, the, of this guidance, um, uh, and yet at the same time makes the board uh, comfortable that they can move forward. Yeah, so yeah, I, we, I, we don't know we what do the bill that John mentioned. We do sorry, feel but, comfortable uh, with our virtual and our communication um, out to the public through all different venues for a call-in number, for emailing us to get your name on the list for public. Um, my own, my be, um, being the board president, and I've been on for six and a half years. It, this obviously has never happened for anybody, probably. But I'm just really uncomfortable letting public into a very small meeting space, even if some of us are remote and some of us are there. It's just for the public contaminating each other too so that's the reason i'm bringing it up and i think we'll be okay with the law virtually yeah. according to our board attorney and i was yeah, just wondering I, if physical I space also can be considered virtual physical space yeah. for them i mean meeting space right now the that's guidance doesn't provide for that but i would definitely agree with john in consulting with the local health department so you would have them come out and take a look at your space and give you some guidance on whether uh, that space is large enough or whether it might pose you know, a hazard to people who are attending. Okay. Uh, so you also had a question on curfew, right? Well, we do have a curfew here in the town. Yeah. Um, we're not even supposed to be out after 8 o'clock. People, they're not supposed to be, I mean, you know, they're not, cops aren't following you around, but sometimes our meetings can go till 10 o'clock at night. So it's almost impossible for us to have people there and then have to also have these same people be home by Eight. Right, and and so, and so in, in in that instance, obviously you don't want to you don't want to run afoul of 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 curfews and that type of stuff. But so what you need to do is have a conversation um, uh, about how uh, the board should conduct its meeting in light of the fact that uh, not only is there the state executive orders out there, but now you ha also have a local curfew. Yeah. And so it may I'm require assuming... you having more meetings that are shorter and more efficient, where you don't handle as much <laughs> business at one time, uh, but you break we, it up into I... three or four different meetings. Unfortunately. Yeah, we've we've we're we're definitely curtailing our agenda and only putting the major things that we really need to have on there. But in case this extends past a few months, you know, it's going to be something that. You know, I'll have our health department come in and give us an evaluation if they say the space is just too small and we're just going to have to go with our gut instinct and do the best we can for the public. Yeah, uh, and probably... I mean, I will, I will say this. Um, I was going to... The, the, the legislature, uh, at least, is contemplating um, uh, moving away from uh, having um, uh, the physical space but um, that uh, is just a bill at this point. It's just a proposal. Um, it has not been uh, uh, signed by the governor yet. Um, all it says is that 
um, a public body shall be permitted to perform any of the following functions uh, by means of communication or other electronic equipment. And in the list, it, it says um, uh, to conduct a meeting, to cause a meeting to be open to the public, to vote, or, and this is the one that's germane into what we're talking about, receive public comment. So, um, but, but again, that's just a proposal at this point. It hasn't been uh, enacted by the governor yet. Okay, we're going to move on. But, Sue, I think you're probably fairly safe in what you've been doing uh, right now. And actually, I guess the use, you want, if you want to adhere to the curfew or go beyond the curfew, virtual is the only way you can do it. Exactly. Uh, yep. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, all a, right. it's a tough time for all of us. I'm just proud of our whole district that we got the remote teaching and the students are the first priority, and I'm hoping this gets over sooner rather than later so our graduates can have the graduation they've been looking forward to for 12 years now. I think that everyone so. is hoping for that. Okay, I'm going to have Thank to move on because I have a advice. lot of other. Thank you. Uh, where was I? Oh, yeah, there we have Gil. Where is Gil? Uh, there he is. Let me go. Let me just. Hello? Hi, Gil. Yes. Hello, Gil. Yeah, what yes. was your question? This is Gil. Yep. Uh, my question is, um, with April coming up, most boards have to have their uh, final budget approved. And in right. that, there's usually a presentation that goes along with it. If you are doing a virtual um, board meeting, no matter how it's set up, some board members there, some not, whatever, if you are going to have a presentation, must it include a, a streaming of that presentation or just a person listening to somebody go over the presentation count? So are you saying just audio, or does it need to have audio and visual? Is that your question? Well, if you're doing the – yes. If you're doing the a presentation, must it be audio and visual? I don't think that it does require a visual component to it. Um, not all boards are set up that way right now, even though they're, they're moving in that direction. Uh, so there's nothing in the guidance that says that the board has to have a visual component to it. But I would say in doing that, if the board is having a virtual meeting – that all the documentation that's going to be presented at the meeting should also be available online. Okay, so and that so, would include so the PowerPoint the budget, or anything that went with it. Right. So if the PowerPoint is online, uh, that would that that would assist somebody who was who was just listening it to uh, a, a voice could at least follow through on the PowerPoint at home. Exactly. Okay. Uh, just one other quick question: If you just listening to the previous conversation about. Um, Executive session, if you were going to discuss, um, say, for example, the superintendent's evaluation that's coming up that people are involved in now, um, is it possible just to have a board meeting that is nothing but executive? And this, this way, there's no, there's no possibility of um, not – in your regular meeting, when you go into executive to close down one audio system and start up another audio system might be might be very complicated while if you just have one dedicated just for personnel or for superintendent's evaluation it might be less cumbersome Gil I don't think so because at every public meeting you have to open up in open actually to have the, the meeting and you have to have a public comment portion of the meeting 
So for at least those reasons, you, you can't have it consist of only an executive session uh, portion of the meeting. At least some component of it has to be public. Even though there's, even though there's, there's no, um, I, and I guess what I'm saying, so even if the executive session is out of, say, your normal two board meetings a month or, or though your board meeting that you have every month, if it's out of that norm, you still couldn't do it because you have to provide a public comment. That's correct. Right, and you have to always okay. open in public too. So now you may yes. not have anything yes. else on the agenda though. So well, that, that's, thanks, Gil. I mean, that's thanks what I'm saying. You know, you know, it just in these times, right. it, just it could seems, just be those uh, two things. It could just be a public comment and then move to closed session for the superintendent evaluation discussion. Yes, but it just means having two systems ready to go, one to, to advertise for the public to come in and, and make comment, and then closing that down and having to have a second one open up for the virtual for, for the comments and, and working of the um, executive session. I was just trying to keep it as confidential as possible without any possibility of error. It wouldn't, it wouldn't, the public right, wouldn't right. be involved well, un- in the first part. Unfortunately, the... The Sunshine Law itself, and this is 10 colon 4-12, specifically says um, a board of education shall be required to set aside a portion of every meeting. Yep. Um, the, the length of the portion to be determined by the board of education for public comment on any uh, school, di- school district issue. Okay. Well, if that's the rules, those are the rules. Okay. Thanks, Gil. Good luck with everything. All right. All right. Um, I had a couple other questions that are in the chat room, and I'm trying to keep up with all of them. Um, uh, looks like our, phys- uh, our time went up. Can you still hear me, uh, John? Hey, I can hear you. Yes. Okay. All right, I'll get a couple of questions because it looks like it, the time went up and because I see people quoted, but we can get to their questions before we close the meeting because it will be recorded later on. Um, let me see what they have here. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just going through here. So, Kathy, uh, on, um, to be clear, we need to advertise a physical location, but we don't have to open it to the public, provided we advertise guidance about virtual participation. Um, that's still up for debate right now, but is that correct? Yeah, I would say that if you're advertising a physical location, which is what the guidance requires right now, that you should actually open that location so people can attend if they want to. Again, in consultation with the, the uh, you know, local health officials to make sure that you're not uh, you know, um, spreading any contagion. Um, I would want to have their uh, involvement if you're not going to have an open open location for that meeting. Okay. Uh, and then one other question. Um, for the purposes of this conversation, let's assume the regular schedule will not return until the end of April. Most of us will have at least two board meetings before the end of the quarantine. We need to ensure every board member's voice is heard as every one of us is a representative for our community. We need every board member to be able to actively participate, especially if they want to adhere to the social distancing guidelines. We need guidance. Um, I guess that means, I think we just, we pretty much discussed that. They can do that virtually. They can still participate virtually. Yes, yes they, they certainly can. 
Okay, any other uh, uh, all right, uh let's um uh, that brings us to the close of this meeting. Any final thoughts, John? Um uh just that obviously this is going to be a challenge and um boards should consult with their board attorneys, consult with uh health officials, um and uh you know with the information that they have, uh, navigate this the best that they can. And Carl? And I would say that, uh, I would agree with John that yes, it is a challenge and it's been uh, admirable the way the boards have pulled together and are coming up with solutions. And if they come across practical solutions that they think other boards could benefit by, to give us a call and uh, we can discuss it because we'd love to share this information with other boards who are going through the same same struggles and difficulties as people who are attending right now. So we'd love to spread the information around if uh, we think it would help other boards. And I think they uh, have to use a common sense uh, at this time period and here and look at all the updates that are going to come from the governor's office in the state because this is, this has changed so much in the last ten days. Uh, that it's pretty hard to keep up with all the changes. All right. Well, John, I'd like to thank you. And uh, Carl, I'd like to thank you for joining me on this program. And that brings us to the end of the program. Have a good day. You too. It was a pleasure.